Welcome to the Westland Free Methodist Church podcast, where we're uniting with Jesus to restore lives to joy-filled wholeness. If this is your first time to join us or your 10th time, we're glad to have you. If you believe in Jesus or you don't, we're excited you're joining us. If you're living into joy-filled wholeness or you're not, this is the place for you. Well, hey everybody! Welcome back to our podcast this week. We've got my guest Evan Ortel. He and his family have just been amazing in the last year as I've gotten to move and gotten to know them. Um, I look forward to just asking him questions and hearing what Jesus is doing in his life. Uh, we've only got him back in town for a week, week and a half. Uh, it's a week and a half more, yeah. Week and a half more for you. So I'm gonna right. embrace the little bit we've got with you. Uh, we get the privilege to hang out with the rest of your family. If you're a first-time listener, just to remind you, uh, one of the things we usually do is we usually have a we have four kind of focuses, and we hope to get to at least three of them. We're a little organic in that, so if we don't always get there, that's okay. We usually have a testimony time where we get to just talk about how uh, either me or someone else, where they're growing in the Lord. Uh, we also have a weekly word time often where we're going to get into Scripture. I'm kind of excited to hopefully get to that one today. Uh, tools for Transformation, where we share tools, either me or the guest or whoever, that help us in our walk with Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Um, and then we have a mobilize for the mission time where we get to help hopefully mobilize you in some way, shape, or form. Um, maybe it's just hearing one of those tools and like, oh, I can do that. I can, I can do that to be the hands and feet of Jesus around me. Anyways, so with that being said, I'll start off with the first question from my brother here. Actually, before that. Can we pray? Do you care? Yeah, let's do it. If you had said no, that would have been that would have reflected that would have poorly, little, right? <laughs> that would have been a little bad. Yeah, let's do it. No, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for our uh, brotherhood and the friendship and the gift that you give us through your Holy Spirit to be family. We pray for those who are listening that they would know you love them, Jesus. And there's nothing impossible. There's nothing that can separate them from you um, as you chase them. And if there's any sin in their heart, you say, I, I've got it covered. Just believe me. And I just pray that they would know that you chase after and you love us and you pursue us. And, and you call us your children when we just stop running. Thank you for that gift and uh, for using us today uh, to hear your glory, uh, to hear how you're moving. And we just give you this space, Jesus. In your name, by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, first question I have for you. I shared this with you in the text message, but basically is, what does it look like right now for you to walk with Jesus in this season of life? Just to give a background for those listening, um, you're, I don't want to say you're a new college student. You've been no, there, I am a new college student. You've been there five months, something you, like that? Well, yeah, five months. It still going, feels like I'm a new college student. Though. Going into your second semester of yeah, college. And second so of, second in of this eight. new season, uh, away from family, um, Figuring out who you are, what does it look like for you to walk with Jesus right now? Honestly, I, I've had to simplify it a lot because with with time constraints, uh, I've had to really focus uh, on my walk with God because it doesn't just come naturally anymore. It's not, uh, well, I have four hours, so I guess <laughs> I can just spend an hour with God. Uh, it's, I have 30 minutes, so I need to spend time with God in this 30 minutes. And it's been simplified a lot through uh, some of my learning about Francis of Assisi, how he took time with God uh, very sacredly, and, and he displaced himself uh, from people around him uh, to spend alone time with God. And 
with so many people around always willing to, to do stuff or, or hang out or study or do anything that needs to be done is on the to-do list. It's, it's difficult to focus on God unless you are by yourself. So I'd say the biggest things for my personal walk has been uh, setting time, not just to be with God, but to be very alone and with God, whether that's in nature or in a church or a quiet place, uh, typically not in a dorm and not in a uh, uh, campus building, um, but in, in a smaller, uh, quieter space, uh, spend time with God. Hmm. You know the passage in the Gospels where Jesus says, you know, when you go pray, don't be like the Pharisees. You know, go to a quiet, go to your closet, your prayer closet. Um, have you ever heard what, you know, the, the prayer shawls were meant for in Jewish culture? The things that the Pharisees and others wore? Like mm. the purpose of them. I've got one over here. Someone grab it. It's not a big... It's not a big, long one, so, um, but it fits what you're talking about, that aloneness. They were supposed to wear these. Of course, you see this if you ever have watched The Chosen or any number of shows. They wear these in different ways. They can wear them up like over their shoulders. No place. But the purpose is so that when they're praying, they can go off like in the corner of a room. They didn't necessarily have rooms the way we do with like mm. doors that shut easily. But they could put it over themselves and they could get alone, quiet mm. with the Lord. They that's had beautiful. their, yeah. and so that's the image that even Jesus paints. So this is kind of Jesus' heart. I'm just going to leave this here for now. Yeah, um, it's Jesus' heart, but it's also what you find is most valuable. We need that quiet time, aloneness, like block out all the other stuff, mm. and be intentional. Um, the word that came to mind when you were talking was intentional. Mm, yeah, and prioritize. You have to prioritize. I'm going to remind you of this years from now. <laughs> because anybody who's been walking with Jesus for a long time and, and is an adult, it doesn't get any easier to prioritize. Hmm. If you start it now, you're going to develop habits that can last you your lifetime. Hmm. So it's really cool that you're already learning to prioritize. Um, I don't know how many freshmen in college intentionally prioritize time with Jesus. So that's cool. Um, and I like, you said in nature, and you all, you said in nature, alone by myself, in the word, whatever, or at church. Um, what's the difference for you of being in nature with the Lord and just going on a hike in nature? It doesn't have to be anything profound. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being in nature means we're in God's creation. And we're away from what, you know, man has created. And there's something powerful about that because it's all in order. Mm, and yeah. it's peaceful. And it's what God created. And for me, I realize... God's perfect. You know, every time I'm alone with God in nature, I'm like, wow, okay. This is the God I serve. He made all of this. So who am I to not trust him in whatever silly problem I'm dealing with? 
kind of takes a little anxiety away. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It really does. Um, there's there's a there's an order to nature which is like you you don't see that anywhere else. Anywhere else. Amen. I encourage anybody listening if you struggle with anxiety, this is not just a spiritual reality. This is a tool as well, right? Mm-hmm. It, just kind of mixed in for sharing a tool here with your story, but spend time in nature. God has even designed our bodies to when we're in nature biologically and in your mind, you start to have more positive thoughts. Like there's studies that have been shown on that, that just being in nature, being in the sun, vitamin D, other things like that. Mm. It's like God created us to be in his creation. Look at that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty cool thing to, just be like, oh, even if I take 15 minutes and go on a walk and just be how much more at peace I am mm-hmm. with the Lord and with the things going on in my life. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I think back to uh, a test I had to take in one of my classes, uh, Intro to Christian Ministry. Uh, and it, it was a, a long writing test and we had to take it alone. Um, and there was a section where we had five minutes to sit outside and say nothing, do nothing, just exist. And I don't know why, but I've always loved trees. Kind of sounds dumb, but trees are just so cool to me. They're just beautiful. And it's one of my one of my favorite parts of God's creation. And I was just looking at this tree, I'm like, "Man, isn't that awesome that a tree doesn't have to move to get fed?" It just it's just there. And it doesn't have to do anything other than just be there. It has a blind faith, like a childlike faith, that it's going to just survive. And God's going to provide for it. And while I was sitting there, this is the funny part of the story. For that five minutes, one of my good buddies walked by and gave me a cookie. And he said, hey dude, just saw you sitting here and I had a few extra from whatever he was doing. I have no clue what he was doing. But he gave me a cookie. And that cookie was amazing. (laughs) And through that, I felt like God was just saying, you're just sitting here too. And I'm going to provide for you. In whatever capacity that is, um, God's going to provide for you when you're faithful. And all you have to do is show up. And all you have to do is show up. Yep, that's good. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really simple too. Uh, I think the hardest part, a lot of people when it comes to prayer and taking time, you said five minutes of silence. One of my favorite things to do in this season of life is to take silence as well. And I actually set a phone alarm so that I'm not looking at my clock. And then I just sit there. But one of the beautiful things I tell people, and, and Aaron has shared with people and other people more than us, if you just show up, if you consistently show up and you just say, I'm here, over time you will be fed and you will encounter the living God. It's, it, it's going to happen. You just got to have that consistent. Most people just aren't willing to consistently say, I'm going to show up every day around this much time or whatever. I'm just going to be present with no agenda, right? Because mm-hmm. usually we come with an agenda and God's like, cool. I, I was hoping to talk to you about this, and you're over here focused on all this stuff, and, and, and I care, and I'm listening, but are you, are you going to be attentive to what's on my heart for you and mm-hmm. what you really need? And we're so focused on that that 
we don't receive because we're not just it's dangerous. Being. <laughs> it is dangerous. So, a, a big realization I made with that this year has has been, I mean, exactly what you said, to not come to God with an agenda. And we could take things to God in prayer and have a you know, subconscious focus in our reading of the Bible, but God's not always going to speak to us. And it's, it's prideful to think that if we spend 15 minutes with God a day, that he's going to speak with us about exactly what we want in those 15 minutes. Mm. You know, it was, it was a hard semester with, with some things. And I remember one day I was just sitting in chapel, uh, really angry with God because I had not, you know, felt like I'd been really happy in a while. I was like, man, I'm just not doing good. I'm like, God, I just want to be happy. Like, why can't I just be like happy right now? It's just so dumb. And, and God told me it's not about that. Your joy should come from the fact that you are allowed to be with me right now. Faith over feelings. It's basically what God told me, which was like, ah, come on, God, I don't want to hear that right now. I just want to be, I want to be joyful right now. But I wasn't. God, God it, goes. If there's not a book, there should be a book called Faith Over Feelings, and you should write should. it. If there's no. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a good one it's a good I, title I, I, I like that i'm gonna steal that uh, and i will give you credit if i ever use that in the future uh, well i another question that we had talked about uh, and it fits with this season of your life as well but in regards to helping mobilize our people is there any specific way for you that you radiate jesus to those around you um, and it may be i'll just tell you we've had a few guests who said you know that's kind of hard for me I have a few examples, mm. but uh, and so there's there's no shame in this, by the way, of like, oh yeah, I'm radiate Jesus. Well, don't don't put on a face, you know, or yeah, it's kind of hard, but this is kind of what it looks like, you know. We're just helping people better understand every day. Radiating Jesus doesn't have to be going up to people and say, "Do you know about the love of Jesus and how He died on the cross for your sins?" You know, like in our current culture, that's not something many people are receptive to, just that bluntness. But there are other ways to radiate Jesus and share the gospel. So I say that with open palms, no intention or no shame. It can be difficult, no doubt. Uh, again, looking back, I'm like the, the teaching of, of Francis of Sisi. He's, he's great at, at this uh, because he lived it. He didn't have to, what was the, what was the thing he said? He says, preach the gospel daily, use words if necessary. In other words, live it. And if you need to use words, use words. And I think words are necessary. But he brings up a good point in saying that with, we need to just live God's love. So, I'm not saying that I do. I'm doing my best to try to love people around me and whether that's been effective or not, uh, I'm not one to gauge that. I'm trying to allow God to use me to love people and I'm not amazing at it, but that, that's been the main thing I've, I've been focusing on. Uh, 
God just tells us to love our neighbor. And preaching the gospel, yes, it's necessary, but it requires the gospel to look attractive first. I want to pause on that for a minute. That is one of the most profound statements that I love for people to unpack and think about. Because the church in America, since really the 80s, even going back farther, has tried to make the church attractional to get people to come. Mm -hmm. Instead of just letting people see how attractive, not like good looking, but how attractive God is, he changes your life. He changes your heart. He'll free you. He mm -hmm. speaks to you. The living God interacts with you. And that is more life and more attractive than anything a church as an organization can put on. Um, and so what you just said is exactly living your life but in a way that not just reflects Jesus, but is attractive to others because you're actually letting him free you and letting him walk, make you look more like him. And, mm. and that's the way you're designed to look. And so um, that if, if you get nothing else out of today and you're listening, what he just said about, man, the gospel in and of itself is attractive. Mm, that the God is. of the universe comes, says, I want to be with you. I want to call you my child. I want to be part of your family. You and I, I want us to be so close. Um, and if you don't know the fullness of that and what it really means to walk with him and, and have that sort of freedom and the inheritance of being a child of the living God, mm. um, that's attractive. We don't need... That's how the church grew in the first hundred years. No buildings, no crosses, no none of that kind of, well, no crosses that you right. wear. They, right. they had the actual crosses they had to deal with. Um, so anyways, oh, thank you for sharing. That's, that's uh, excited me and all of that. Well, the one other quick question I have for you, and then at least spend a couple of minutes in some scripture. Yeah. Was, were there any practical tools that you wanted to share? Um, no pressure. Again, if there's nothing, you, that's fine. We give tools all the time on here. But anything specific that helps you and your beyond, or it can be that alone time you talked about was in regards to just and needing to take that space and intentionality. And um, so, uh, any other tools you want to share? So, I noticed for a long time I was. Uh, and still do uh, oversimplify my faith, or sorry, overcomplicate my faith, and taking uh, a more simple approach, not saying that God is simple, because he definitely is not, but simplifying your faith to reading the red letters, what Jesus said, that's been big for me. What should I do in this situation? What would Jesus do? I don't have the bracelet on today, but I typically wear a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? And, uh, that's been kind of, kind of big for me. Uh, not, uh, very good at it yet, but trying to just do what Jesus would do in a situation. I think I've told you this before in the gospel of John, one of the roles of the Holy spirit mm -hmm. is to help us remember Yes. What Jesus taught and did. Mm. So part of that, what would Jesus do, is regularly inviting the Holy Spirit to fill you and saying, 
Make me aware, Spirit, of the things Jesus taught, said, and did. Of the red letters and mm. the red actions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, and it's amazing how much the Holy Spirit is responsive. And we, if we're just receptive, and there's things that'll pop into your head. You're like, man, I don't even remember reading that. And I know it's in the Gospels, you know, and it, and it'll give it to you. And you're like, oh, that speaks to where I'm at. So, mm. Okay. Let's have a little fun. I know you like diving into scripture. Yeah. Let's so, do it. is there a particular scripture you want to take five minutes in, or do you want me to pick something? How about you pick something? I just I just finished Genesis this morning. Doing a, well, you're talking red letter words, so let's go to Jesus. Someone let's, Jesus. Let's do it. Uh, words and actions. Uh, I would love. Let's go to Matthew 13. Sure, Matthew 13. Um, and we're actually going to something that happened to Jesus. I've had a few people ask about this passage. Um, sometimes we have a Q&A on here, and a few people at the church have asked this passage in the last three, four months. So Matthew 13, starting in verse 53, so the very end, right before chapter 14. 53. Um, and we're going to read verses 53 to 58, and then we'll talk about it. Ask anything you notice, your thoughts, and... and yeah. Let this just speak to us. And I'm telling you, it fits with your faith over feelings stuff, right? We're, we're going to see that. Uh, and when Jesus, Jesus had Jesus, <laughs> and when Jesus had finished these parables, he went right away from there. Coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get his wisdom in these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Are not all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Hmm. I'm, I don't want to assume. Have you read that passage before? Yes, I have. In that first reading, was there anything that stuck out to you that you were like, ah, I noticed this, or this always sticks out, man, you know. People get angry at others' success. I, I know, I know that that's kind of like a really worldly take on it. Um, it's kind of interesting, though. People kind of get a little angry when they're like, wow, this guy's doing really well. And he was just a carpenter when we knew him, and now he's, what is this guy saying? He's like the son of God or something, which... You know, he wasn't, he wasn't saying that yet, but yeah, not yet, <laughs> but they know something's up. They know something's up. <laughs> He's different. Um, one of my big takeaways in this passage in general is there's this layer. I, I find that very comical that it says he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Mm -hmm. And I read this and I laugh sometimes because I'm like, wait. If we get one or two mighty works, we're celebrating. Mm -hmm. Jesus only does a few, and it's a bad thing. <laughs> you notice that? Mm -hmm. like, he could only do a few things. It and, says in my translation, and, and so he only, and so he did only a few miracles because of their unbelief. And we would see that and think, few miracles. Oh man, that's a that's a movement I want to be a part of, right? <laughs> yeah. But Jesus is like mm -hmm. the, the way it's written. It's like no, it, it wasn't a good thing. There was supposed to be more, but their unbelief, somehow that faith thing 
aligns in when it comes to miracles. And and I'm not one to this passage is not meant to unpack all of miracles in the Bible. I literally have a two-volume set somewhere over here on the miracles. Literally awesome. just studying awesome. miracles by Dr. Craig Keener. Uh, that started as a um, footnote in his commentary on Acts, and it turned into that two-volume books. Um, for the record, you can see it on, this is his commentary on Acts. <laughs> it's four volumes, huge. Um, this guy, man, evidence of the Holy Spirit in his life, mm -hmm. loves you. Anyways, um, we're, we're not going into exhaustive conversation on miracles, but the one thing I can tell you is, and I'm taking this from John Oswald, God is consistent but not predictable. He's always a God who wants to bring miracles. Sometimes the lack of faith means there aren't as many that happen. Sometimes someone's friend's faith heals them. Another time, a specific person, their faith heals them. And you're like, wait, you weren't healed. This person was healed because of their friend's faith. You're healed because of your faith. You'll hear, you're healed for God's glory. You, Some of you aren't healed because of your lack of faith. Mm. But the reality is there's still miracles that happen. And there's some level that the one commonality in all of them, faith plays some level of importance. Mm. That faith over feelings thing you're talking about. Mm. Like press into Jesus and trust. And it may look different. And it may be that my faith and perseverance in praying for you, something happens, and we don't even know that it's my faith. We don't, maybe it, it, Andy's faith, or it's Bill's faith, or Bill's faith, or Debbie's faith, or someone else's faith, but that we're all pursuing Jesus. Jesus is the one bringing the miracles. He's the one changing hearts and lives. Um, and the other practical takeaway for me, and this is what I was, why I felt led to kind of bring it up to just do a short devo. We talked more on the other questions. So we don't have time to dive into it. Um, but it's a reminder if Jesus, the son of God mm -hmm. faced opposition with those he was closest to. I mean, these are people he grew up with. Yeah. So his own family, practically, um, we would be foolish to think we aren't going to have opposition if the son of God had opposition mm. like this. We would be foolish to think that particularly those who watched us grow up and who have all of this baggage on us, they're going to have a barrier to really see what God's done in our life often. And so I think one of the reasons even Jesus, when he quotes the Old Testament passage, when he says a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his own household, I think even the Old Testament passage is saying, listen, you can pray for your household in your hometown, but it's really hard for you to actually witness and see God move through you in your family's lives because they have so much baggage unintentional with you. Good or bad, just they've seen you grow up. They've changed your diapers. They've seen you do stupid stuff. They saw you get in a wreck when you were 13, driving a car when you weren't supposed to be or whatever it was, right? right? And it's hard. That didn't to, happen, by the way. It's hard, to, <laughs> it's hard to separate all of that from what you're seeing in front of right. you. Um, <clears throat> so I just encourage people, when it comes to your family, don't feel like, uh, one, you're, you're their only hope. 
You can be praying for him. I guarantee you Jesus is praying on behalf and interceding. He still says, Scripture says he's interceding on behalf of us, right? So he's always been interceding on our behalf. Uh, but not just that. It, it may be that your job is to just love on your family and for the people in your sphere that are willing to receive uh, what God is wanting to speak through you, speak into them, and then focus your energies elsewhere. It doesn't mean you don't have relationships with those people. Um, but it is an interesting passage. Uh, it does say a lot about humanity and the brokenness of humans that mm. we don't like the uh, success of anyone else, especially when it's authority and miracles and other stuff. Um, mm. That's our natural inclination. Uh, anyways, man, I wish we could dive into that more. There's so much there. Uh, I We could spend an hour right there. But... Um, you have any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to share with the, with the listeners before we finish up? Honestly, no, I think we covered it all. Awesome. Well, Evan, thanks for joining us. Thanks uh, for having me. Listeners, thank you for joining us. And just know that we pray for you. I pray for you um, on a, at least a weekly basis. Um, and uh, just care that the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and that you know his love and his power to be free from, from sin in your life and mm. walk more with Jesus. Uh, we will see you again next week. It's a good thing to be in the new year with you. And everybody have a good week. Talk to you later. Here at Westland Free Methodist Church, we are led by the Spirit, rooted in the Word, mobilized for the mission, committed to our neighbors, and bonded through holy friendship. If you have questions about Jesus or our community of faith, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to get in touch with you. For everyone else here, we reiterate the same thing that Jesus told his disciples. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, this world needs you. You are sent.